Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in on the I Hate the Antichrist podcast. This is now episode seven. I am joined today with Greg from Neophyte Gear. Greg, how are you doing? I'm wonderful. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much for coming on. As many of you will know, I like to have my guests introduce themselves. So, Greg, uh, who the hell are you and why the hell are you on my podcast? <laughs> so, I th- believe we know each other from Twitter. Um, yep. Like he said, my name is Greg, and uh, I run a company called Neophyte Gear. I just recently started it about uh, maybe two months ago is when I officially launched it, but it's been uh, it's been two years in the making, I think. Um, I have a lot of experience in general, I guess you could call them uh, combat arts, but mostly uh, shooting, fencing, uh, HEMA, uh, light judo, fun stuff like that, regular self-defense. Um, so I have a lot of uh, experience over the course of my long life. I'm uh, 35, so I feel officially very old. But uh, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you're about seven years past me, uh, but we've got right. Some so I'm I'm basically similar... ancient. <laughs> <laughs> on the internet, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's for sure. Oh my internet. god, that's for sure. <laughs> um, well, the uh, the topic of the day is going to be weakness uh subject you and i probably both know a lot about we seem to have some pretty similar background as we far do, as yeah. combat is confer- uh, concerned so um why don't you tell me about uh your thoughts on uh in your experiences with weakness either in your own life or things you've seen and just how it's negatively impacting our our current current world so when i think weakness the first thing i think is is not necessarily physicality. I think mental weakness. Yes. <clears throat> However, I think they kind of go hand in hand. Uh, if you said to me, hey, fight that mentally weak, super strong guy, I'd go, great, let's do it. Yeah, but if exactly. you said, fight that weak guy who's you know super mentally capable and strong, I'd be like, mm, not so sure about this. <laughs> yeah. Though I will say it is more of a dice roll on the first guy. Yes, for sure. Because the... the, the, the being weak is how people end up being fucking brutes. That's how, that's how people end up going way too far in, in, in fights or immediately resorting to like horrible attacks with horrible consequences. You know, right? Being mentally weak, I guess you yeah. could say, would be even if you're super physically strong, would be stomping on someone's head when they're down or shooting someone in the back when they insulted you or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, for me personally. Uh, weakness in my life i i was a bit of a of a quiet one a weakling uh, uh, oh really yeah oh yeah for a while there (laughs) Um, when i was a teen i was bullied early teen years i wasn't i wasn't the is that why um, you're in the liberty movement (laughs) (laughs) uh no that's why i got into guns good thing i graduated on time (laughs) 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 kidding kidding not a school shooter i promise uh (laughs) um well the uh the experience for me personally is that once i realized that all of my weaknesses had to do with myself not others around me me trying to shift blame onto others once i realized i was doing that and i just decided to you know fuck it go take care of yourself instead my life turned around i stopped feeling so goddamn weak i started being able to talk to people more enjoy myself around people more and that took you know some humility it took getting my ass beat in a few fights it took uh losing a few friends but you know i am where i am now because i'm not in that level of weakness anymore i think being strong is uh kind of like it's going to be a, a super <laughs> lame analogy, but uh, you know how they make swords is uh, they say iron sharpens iron and then you got to beat on something to make it really strong. The same thing with yeah. folding, folding a katana over and over again to use a super nerd reference. Yeah. Um, it's the same thing with people. Uh, you, you, sometimes you just got to be beaten down. And I especially like your humility thing. I think humility uh, is probably the thing that if I could, if I could teach everyone something, it would be that it's, but it's yeah. the hardest to teach. Yeah. Yeah, humility is rough to teach because you ha- you have to be willing to let somebody screw themselves over and not help them afterwards. Yeah, they just have to learn to get beat. I mean, they, you have to either beat them yourself or yeah. <laughs> or let the world do it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, you said you've had some combat experience. Where's that come from? Let's let's hear about that a little bit. So I I took a um, bunch of I guess you could call them classes, but I had a really good teacher in Scranton. He was a Scranton judo professor. Um, he was a, uh, uh, I think he was an Olympic champion actually. Um, and I used to go there, uh, two to three times a week 
and I also was part of a, the fencing club at Shippensburg uh, University. And from there, I actually did a thing with uh, people that I met at these groups where we would uh, do a thing where we would test out things that we would learn in kind of like a real life situation. So we'd have a mat down, oh, yeah. we'd have rules. And then we did a thing that I learned from, um, his name's Mark McYoung. He is a self-defense teacher out of Colorado. I saw a seminar of his. Um, I went to Colorado to for one of his events, <clears throat> excuse me. And um, he had a thing called defanging the snake, which is where they stumbled upon it completely uh, uh, randomly. They were sparring together, testing things out. And then one of them, uh, I think someone dropped a sparring knife in there with them, a rubber knife from like mm-hmm. cold steel or something. And so they were grappling, uh, uh, doing jujitsu. And the guy just grabbed the knife and, and just stabbed his friend, you know, gently. <laughs> <laughs> and so they were like, oh man, I guess in a real life, if someone just happens upon a, a brick or a knife, how are you going to defend against that? Um, so their group decided to just test out random things. You'll be sparring with somebody else and then someone will introduce a weapon or mm-hmm. a chair or something like that. And you have to yeah. figure out how to, the best way to deal a with it. A yoga block in, in replacement of a brick or something. Right. So we, we no, they never used anything actually you know, dangerous yeah. and neither, neither did we. So we used, actually we used colored Sharpies. For knives. Oh, interesting. Because um, you can still feel it hit you, but it leaves a mark. Correct. Yeah. Um, it's really interesting. You, you'll turn around and you'll be like, that was fine. I, I totally got this guy to the ground without being stabbed. And then they'll be like, hey, take a look at your back. And you'll have like six red lines. And you'll be like, wow, I'm dead. Yep, <laughs> yep exactly. Uh, so exactly. I spent, I probably spent, I'm guessing probably three years after those initial uh, two years just doing that with them. Um, in classes. And then we, we taught a few self-defense classes um, just for like colleges, uh, women, men, um, just regular basic self-defense. And I've been working on trying to get uh, some training done through my company um, of basic self-defense, but I, I'm still trying to figure out the fastest, quickest, easiest thing to teach people. Um, sorry for rambling, but to me, the most important part of self-defense is staying alive. And to do that, it's really avoiding the situation. Yes. And if you can avoid the situation and you can have a uh, statistical analysis and figure out the best way to get out of there, uh, that's the best thing to do. And and um, go ahead. Go on. No, no, you you go ahead. So I think that talking about weakness, the hardest thing to do, especially for men, I'm going to generalize here, is uh, walking away from a fight when someone insults you or insults your masculinity or calls you fat or makes fun of your wife or, you know, any of these things. The hardest part is to ignore that lizard brain. Or the monkey brain, I'm sorry, um, and you know, walk away. Yeah. And so exactly. you have to be very strong to walk away from that because a lot of times you'll be like, "I know I can take this guy." Okay, maybe you can, but maybe his friend comes and hits you in the head with a brick, or exactly. <laughs> or shoots you in the back, and and you could have avoided this. Yes. Um. You know, that's why. Um. One of the things I'm saddest about is the link. What's linguistically happened to the word meek? Oh, okay. I'd love to hear this. Uh. So. It's come to resemble cowardice nowadays, or um, unwillingness to fight, or complete nonviolence. Right, but um, historically, but that can't be true, right? That yeah, it's not true. It, historically, it's not linguistically used that way. It's used something more akin to uh, those who are fit and capable of fight, but deign not to do so until like you know the last necessary moment, until all other exo- uh, options have been exhausted. Right, so that's like that's where the meek will inherit the earth. Yeah, exactly. Right, and that that's a Christian basis there. Right. Um, well, it's it's the same thing in in combat. It's the it's the same principle you were just bringing up. It's it's being meek, not weak. It's you know the best fight, and this is also in Sun Tzu's The Art of War, is the one that you never have to fight in the first place. Yeah, for sure. If and you it's can not, it's solve it, it's not sexy it, to right. talk about. <laughs> exactly, it's not. It's not. Or, and, or you teach know, people. This is why. <laughs> Yeah, this is why these existing systems, uh, they they use courts and arbitration and all that in order to, uh, in order to hit their uh, final goals. You know, they instead of going directly into combat. Right. Um, now I'm not necessarily for that as an anarchist myself, but you know that's why they exist, and people should talk out their problems instead of just shooting each other right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, and and that's. 
that is what the difference is between being meek and being weak. If you are weak, you're more willing to just suddenly resort to that because you don't know how to fight somebody. You don't know how to debate somebody. If somebody destroys, tarnishes your honor in a way that you feel is, uh, is unreclaimable and you're a weak person, you might no not know what to do as a response other than either get depressed and shoot yourself or shoot them. Yeah, right, exactly. And and we but, see that all over the place. It's like every every school shooter, like you mentioned earlier, is on SSRIs. They're depressed. It, it, there are a lot of internal issues that they're externalizing. Uh, you muted yourself a little early. No, I said they're, they're external you issues. You don't have to mute yourself, by the way. Oh, well, my dog might bark, so. I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm trying to. My wife, my wife is coming home, so I want to make sure that I don't, uh, <laughs> you know, when she runs in and the dog starts freaking out. So, okay, no worries. Um, anyway, so uh, your company Neo Fight Gear. Let's talk about that. What's what's the uh, the root of that? The origin. You might like this. Speaking of words and language, uh, Neophyte is a play off of the word neophyte, as in N E O P H Y T E. Yes. And a neophyte in that uh, wording or in that spelling is uh, someone who is new or they're like a first time or they're not very experienced. And uh, so in order to make myself stand out, I said, well, let's make it neophyte, N-E-O-F-I-G-H-T. Um, when I first started this company, I was thinking maybe I could stock uh, Black Fence or Hema gear. Um, maybe I could stock some of the, the, the dragon uh, arm protectors and fun stuff like this. And then I was like, you know what? Well, let me let me support my community. I'm a I'm a Christian anarchist, and I my entire Liberty community uh, they're into 3D printing and you know 3D printed guns and all this fun stuff. Yes. And just guns in general. So I said, well, what can I do to support them? I'll just you know I'll become a dealer. I'll I'll be an aero precision dealer. Um, I'll get all the parts needed to 3D print your own gun at home or mill your own lower, and then you buy the parts from me and you put it all together, and then you'll have yeah. an actual reliable rifle. Yes. And uh, right. another thing I did was I said uh, it, it helps to not have a ton of items in stock. I think I have 85 at this point um, just for oh, wow. keeping money out there. But um, what, I, what I was concerned about is when people are new and they go to a, a store or a website, they go, there are way too many options here. I have no idea what I'm looking at. Mm -hmm. um, so they can learn from themselves and take the long time and they can make mistakes. They can buy crappy stuff early, sell it at a loss and then keep buying new things from Amazon, realizing it's crap and buying new stuff later, or they can go to one place that knows what they're talking about. So I, I pretty much only stock things that I've actually used myself or is fairly reliable. Uh, Trishacon, uh, Burris stuff I've used in competitions. So I know this stuff works. I know it's reliable and I want people to, either upgrade their first gun that they got from a gun store that was overpriced, uh, their first rifle, um, or just build it themselves at home and have something nice and reliable. And this is all tied with a, additionally a training system. So I have been an instructor. I, I was, I was for five years, uh, a part of the NRA. I was a certified firearms instructor for basic pistol defense outside the home, basic rifle, fun stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so I, I used to also used to compete in the IDPA in the stock service pistol division. Um, so I have a lot of experience and I used to train people uh, for money, but also for fun and just people I like. Uh, nothing better than training a friend how to handle appropriately firearms, right? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so as of right now, I've been, I've been doing training with people that I meet uh, at events that I'm helping sponsor or people that I know who are you know, people who are friends with my friends, stuff like that. So I'm trying to get, it's, it's a work in progress since I just started. I'm also trying to get medical. Um, I have medical supplies on my website, but I want to have a PDF written from the point of view of someone who's actually been there. Um, so I've yes. been talking to a couple combat medics uh, wow, to get them to help me write a PDF, <laughs> you know, where to put the wound packing stuff and yeah. when to put on a, a chest seal versus where to put a tourniquet. Don't put it on your neck, stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god can you imagine putting a turn sometimes god. sometimes i want to <laughs> <laughs> yeah especially if, uh going down twitter yeah um, anytime, so... anytime i read ace ace Arcus quote tweeting somebody yeah. with nine followers <laughs> <laughs> i love you ace hope you're listening <laughs> uh, he's gonna be a guest soon hopefully uh, he's great he's wonderful i talk to him all the time that's awesome yeah he um, actually just so bought you... my hot sauce <laughs> oh wow nice. you saw hot sauce you didn't know that 
No. Dude, it's so funny. So my best seller right now in, in terms of quantity is hot sauce by far. I just sold 36 two-packs uh, last funny. month. Yeah, so I I have a friend that has a couple greenhouses in his backyard, and he, he just he runs a small business uh, selling hot sauce and peppers and stuff like that. So I was talking to him, and I was thinking – I need something that my mom or my dad's friends can support me if they're not into guns. Mm -hmm. So I was like, what do people like? Hot sauce. I like hot sauce. Let me make some sauces that people can just throw on their taco or whatever and put my name on it and, you know, make it a fun name. (laughs) And so you got to take a look at this. I I came up with uh, four different, uh, four different designs. I just released two new ones. Um, My two original were called red flag and green tip. (laughs) And my new one, my new ones are called Slav Slav Squat and nice. Federal Glow, <laughs> <laughs> and That's they great. are. So my friend and I, I came up with the first the red flag recipe and the green tip uh, in collaboration with him, and then Federal Glow is is also my collaboration, but Mango Hob is all his. Um, so we just teamed up and worked together. Wow, that's awesome. And uh, they're incredibly tasty. I've heard a lot of good reviews. They're they're very thin because I don't use any like xanthan gum or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just got to shake them and pour slow. But uh, good flavors, really exciting stuff. And uh, I highly recommend it to anyone listening if you're not interested in buying a $500 upper for, for your AR-15. <laughs> plop down uh, nice. $18 for, for a two-pack. Yeah, I mean, I mean, food's always in fashion. Always will be. Will never yeah. stop. <laughs> Um, so, uh, you said you have some HEMA history. I do. Um, so I I hear you do as well. In fact, I hear you have much more than I do. Um, I don't know, maybe. (laughs) Um, so for me, my HEMA history started when I began getting into blacksmithing. um, Okay. Very cool. When I was a teenager. So a lot of people, it goes the other direction. Um, but for me, I got into blacksmithing first and I fell in love with like the most difficult stuff you can do, which is definitely weapons. Weapons require the most fine precision. They require the most careful paying, you know, attention paid to material science and all that along the way. And anyway, uh, point of point of balance is extremely important with weapons. Exactly. Distal taper, uh, proximal taper, everything. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Um, Wow, you're nuts, man. Yeah, yeah, good for you. Fucking crazy. Um, (laughs) I got I got into that from an from a relatively early point, maybe 2009, and then I started getting into weapons about 2012, and I started thinking to myself, you know, I'm making these things aren't that aren't too much better in balance than cheap Amazon wall hangers, and I'm selling them at almost a loss. Um, Why am I doing this to myself? And so I moved on from that and uh, started getting into HEMA because I wanted to inform myself better on what it takes to make a good weapon. Oh, that's really smart. So, I mean, I've always been a functions-based guy. Even in video games, I play based on, like, these are the mechanics. I want to use these mechanics to my advantage. I'm I'm a mini-maxer. Oh, you're Uh, a (laughs) mini-maxer? Yeah. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, exactly. I know that term Uh, (laughs) from playing Dungeons & Dragons. Ah, okay. Yeah, um... (laughs) Yeah, basically that. Minimax. Yeah. I'm I'm that about everything. That's great. That's a basically, good way to live your life, actually. <laughs> it it saves on budget. <laughs> Stack the odds in your favor. Yeah. Exactly. So anything I can influence in my favor, um, in in, in the regards to things I'm making, I will. Yeah. Um, any tool I have available to me, like even when I'm done with my 3D prints, I'm one of those heathens who tackles my 3D print with a, a soldering iron and key areas after. Oh, good for you. No, that's awesome. Yeah. I really I like polish that. Polish it up. My FGC9 uh, Mark II, I, uh, I polish the feed ramp with a soldering iron. That's so cool. Wow. That's a really smart well. idea. Well, you would, yeah. you would know from, uh, you know, critical, in, critical uh, junctures in like swords the same thing applies to guns there's a stress points and their contact points that rub so yes exactly that's smart um, well, I actually I, thought... I actually sell u-bolts on my website for the u-bolt lowers nice. <laughs> um, sorry go ahead no uh i've been uh working with uh with medieval weapons since basically 2012 so yeah. about nine years now um and doing so i've picked up quite a bit about their function their design and in my opinion their application to today 
because I think what we've lost in our modern era is the ability to use weapons as an ex- or any item as an extension of oneself. Right. Um, nowadays, the most people get from that is cars, maybe keyboards and mice, kind of cell phones. Uh, maybe uh, maybe kitchen tools. Yeah, if even if yeah. even because well, a lot you're of not you're not using a KitchenAid mixer. Yeah, I just yeah. cook, so it's 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 yeah, fresh too. in my head. I just chopped a bazillion things. <laughs> nice. Um, so uh, yeah, that's that's kind of my history with Hema. So I got into mostly quarterstaff, um, yep, Pollax. The, the the two best weapons probably. Yeah, quarterstaff, uh, Pollax, longsword, yep. and. Uh, this one is uh, not too common for a lot of people. Is halberd? Oh, I think halberds mostly, are great. They're awesome, but they're fucking yeah. huge. Yeah, no, they are. <laughs> they're um, so for for anyone listening, I think the reason that pole arm or the pole axe or whatever you want to call it, or the halberd in general, um, I think the best the reason people like them so much, at least people who've studied this stuff, is because you can stab with them from far away. Uh, you can chop with them from far away, and what else? They're good for defense, I think. Uh, the, so the Pollax has uh, the Pollax is a specific weapon, actually, um, that has an axe head on one side, a non-slanted axe head. Right. Um, it has a short pike tip, maybe about six inches, but it's a square cross section to make it extra sturdy, um, mostly for piercing mail yep. and piercing uh, padded armor, yep. and then it has a hammer end for catching on armor. Um, so the hammer end catches onto armor and will yank on anything it hits, which is awesome. Uh, yes. To, axe, to all balance people. The ax end is actually used more as a hook than it is as an ax for tripping people's legs or, or what? Um, catching the leg, you catch yeah. behind the shoulder on the armor and you get it's a good, a good grip. Yeah. Like you'll it, go for a, for a regular uh, swing forward and overhead swing and, uh, they'll step inward to get within, get inside of the danger zone. Right. As opposed to, uh, you know, within it, um, they'll get inside of it. But once they're in and the shaft strikes them, you can actually yank the pole Pull down. Axe straight down, there, yep. Grabs right <laughs> grabs onto their, the back of their neck. Their shoulder. Put your leg behind their leg. Put your, wrap your right arm around their neck and just fall backwards. Um, and they will go down with you. You'll That's usually good. end up disarming them too. If, if you can do it fast enough. That's awesome. Obviously. I love that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's 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 interesting. If you watch any pretty much any movie, they get everything wrong. Yeah. They will have everyone's Nobody... Yeah, people are wearing chainmail and they're just being slashed at by people with straight swords and Yeah. No one's half sorting. No one's trying to get underneath the chainmail and get through the soft points, you know. Nobody's going to ground. No, which is where a lot of people would die. <laughs> There's no shield lines? No. Never any shield lines? Um, one of the things that frustrates me most about Game of Thrones is nobody in Game of Thrones wins a fight because they're good at fighting. They win a <laughs> fight because the other guy is like an idiot taking a 10-mile swing like he's a, using a heavy attack in Dark Souls. <laughs> That's a good reference. <laughs> and, then, and then the dude is just like, aha, I'm a normal guy with a knife, stab in the yeah. neck, and then he yeah. walks on all huffy. Like yeah. he's like he's not even paying attention to the fight. He just wants to get to the next uh, checkpoint, like a fucking video game character. Yeah, it's kind of depressing because they yeah. could, they, if they had the knowledge, they could do some really good stuff. Yes. I know, I know. I, I, there was a, an instructor. I just watched a, uh, something about him. He was one of the guys who did. Uh, he was in Darth Vader's suit. He also did Aragorn in uh, Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. He did a lot of his training, he, but he was a champion fencer and I believe he was a British fencer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he knew the mechanics behind, you know, uh, being on someone's inside and, and uh, testing their guard and, and yeah. doing the bind. And the bind is very important. You and I were talking about that even before we recorded. Yes, absolutely. The The bind is one of my favorite areas to work in, actually. It's uh, my fa- single favorite way to train. Full armor with sharps, blunted tips. Wow. Sharps with blunted tips because the, bl- the way the, sh- 
Well, that, that means the bind is actually legitimate every time. Yes, exactly. Every single time, which means you get that magnetic feeling where the blades actually dig into each other. And one of my favorite things is to fool somebody into catching my weak with their strong and then using the bind to flip their blade upwards. But then my strong is right next to their face and I can do a real strong draw cut right on their head. <laughs> that's a good idea is that uh, is that written anywhere is that i think any... that one's in fiore okay <laughs> in any of the um, treatises? that is uh yeah it's in one of fiore's treatises um uh, the general combat it's the same one that shows defense against a uh knife plunge uh, uh from a seated position same same manual i don't know if you've seen that one i have i have actually uh, i have uh i wanted to get a tattoo of like the some of the woodcuts <laughs> from some oh, of their yeah. stuff just because oh, it yeah. looks so cool. Well, I, I think it does. My wife probably would be like, you're a nerd, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you get some uh, old uh, bio tapestry looking tattoos on your back or something. <laughs> I think I think that'd be so cool, right? I don't know. <laughs> I try and stay in shape so I can at least take my shirt off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. His um, name is, I had to grab my DVD. His name is Bob Anderson. And I've seen a lot of interviews with him. And he did... Um, you know, he, he helped with uh, the original Star Wars and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And if you'll if you'll notice in Star Wars, um, they'll do classic uh, classic fencing stuff as long yeah. as you ignore the spinning. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Just ignore the spinning because that wasn't his idea. Um, they'll do classic fencing, and uh, like uh, Darth Vader will be toying with Luke with one hand, no problem. Yeah, exactly. Because it's because the guy's taking giant lopping baseball swings at him, mm-hmm. so he's like, no big deal. Block, 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 block. And then when he actually gets a cut through, just like because he wasn't paying attention. He then he gets mad and puts two hands on. It's really fascinating. Yeah. And a lot of the sword play stuff that's informed has good elements to it. Yeah. From a, 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 they only seem to keep in the good elements that are only good from like a, an expression perspective. Sure, like like expressing the character's anger. Exactly. Like right. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Yeah, it seems they only keep it in for that, and then for everything else, just eh, it's flashy. We'll it's guy, dancing. Uh, we'll let a guy get his head cut off, even though he had not just a full male hauberk that went up to his chin, but also a male coif that went yep. down to his chest, <laughs> yep. and a helmet on top of that. Sure. And like padding on top of that. Like how the how the fuck did this guy die? Dude, it's so enraging. Like I I can't watch anything with swords or with guns anymore. <laughs> I'm like, that, that's, come on, stop. <laughs> But you know what's nice? When you run into something that you do like in in swords and guns. It takes um, a while, but you can find some stuff, yeah. One of my favorites is an old Polish film called The Deluge. Oh, I'm going to write that down. I've never seen that. Oh, dude, it is so amazing. There's this saber fight in it. Um, it, it's got like a, a middle, a middle level amateur and like a, a clearly much better warrior level professional. Oh, dude, it's, it's such a great fight. That sounds awesome. Yeah, D E L U G E, the Deluge. It's a it is. I just found awesome it. film. War yeah. Romance, nineteen seventy four. They made a lot of good films in the seventies that were, I guess, historically informed. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, they 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 went so far as to make a giant false rain raining set. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Did you ever see Even Barry Lyndon? I have not. Okay, they have they have some decent fencing in Barry Lyndon too. Uh, um, same, it's the same exact time period. So there must have been a huge, I guess, spate of. Um, historical films in the 70s because Napoleon was in the 70s too. They had a lot of stuff. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, Errol Flynn. Yeah. Before then, so I mean, that he would have been he would have popularized all of that right before right right as those people who were watching Errol Flynn's films were becoming uh, filmmakers. Yeah, you can see the right uh, when that was happening. <laughs> you can see the history, the the butterfly wing cause and effect. Yeah, seriously. Um, awesome. So, what was your favorite in Hema? You uh, long sword, pole arm. I lo- truly I like a rapier. I, if I could have anything on my on my waist all the time, it would be. Imagine a- leveling decks. <laughs> Eighteen <laughs> decks. I'm using a finesse weapon with weapon weapon expertise and weapon. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I play two D and D games like basically every other week, so I just love um, it. Anyway, sorry. I um, was more of a Dark Souls reference, but. Uh... But oh yeah, yeah same thing same, same hey, idea yeah. i mean basically it's it, it, all, it all comes from that i assume um so i i like a cup hilt uh rapier mm-hmm. uh probably a 30 36 inch i'm six foot uh i have long arms and um 
I think I'm like I'm two fifteen now, but I I don't I don't look too probably two fifteen. Maybe I do, but um, I've always been stock you know pretty stocky built. I was a, a, a defensive end in high school, oh, nice. and um, I, lo- I look like a defensive end probably. <laughs> um, and but I also I also swam. Um, I went to a bunch of championships for swimming when I was in high school uh, before I tore my shoulder. So I've always been pretty active. So tore with a rape. Yeah, I tore my shoulder in football, uh, tackling a guy. Uh, yeah, I, I tore a little. There's a little tiny part in there. I haven't gotten it fixed because it doesn't affect me. Um, if I, I can't throw a ball with my, my right arm um, oh. because there's this little tiny thing. I, I can throw it. It's just it doesn't have any power. So I don't have any power as soon as my arm goes you don't all have the that way back. snapping ligament no, that connects not... your hips to your shoulder. Uh, apparently there's something, there's just a little piece that they just need to reconnect. Um, but I'd have to not use my arm for, I think it was like four months. So I was like, oh. I, I'm not doing that. Because I have I have full functionality and everything else. I just can't swim professionally anymore. Yeah. And you which can't is fine. pelt someone with a snowball. You can only throw it at them. I can just throw it. Yeah. <laughs> so my baseball career is ruined, of which I hated and never played. <laughs> so so I, I like... So I have a, I think I have an okay body for a lot of stuff uh, when it comes to, when it comes to fighting, I have a reach. I don't have leverage cause I'm, I'm usually taller than somebody, but, um, mm-hmm. I, I've gotten used to sprawling and not being able to be, uh, I guess taken down very easily just because I'm so long. I can just put my arms mm-hmm. on somebody. Um, and so when I, when I fight with a rapier, I, I really, I just feel fast and I feel good. And yeah. this, the threat range is just so long that when I extend my arm and my other arm's balancing, counterbalanced up, you know, um, I just, I feel good. I feel fast and I feel like I can, I can take any, any blow pretty much. They, um, they're incredibly well-balanced weapons. Obviously, if I, if I was really in a war, I would use a pole arm, mm-hmm. a spear, anything, yeah, a spear anything with reach. Power, I, I would, I would bring friends, anything with reach and <laughs> bring my friends <laughs> uh, if i were in a real war i would get as many of my friends as i could together and train them how to use a sling oh yeah it's a great it idea it was like an ancient war yeah buddy i love that the sling it's such an underrated such an underrated weapon Dude, i mean well still except, except, in, except in the bible it's not underrated <laughs> at all <laughs> no uh in it fact, is in a fact... lot of people uh act like the story of david is some sort of underdog story no that was a story of a dude bragging about how badass he was when he killed this guy yeah he was so good he was such a great shot yeah and it was also a staff sling that david would have used not a regular sling oh interesting i didn't know that yeah if you pay close attention i need to to read the i need to read the text better (laughs) um well it's it's hard to pick up it's only by implication if you understand how both a sling would operate and a staff would operate it says that that david approached him with his sling but the first things that thing that goliath says to him it's am i a dog boy that you come at me with a stick Oh, right. That makes sense. But a sling is a two-handed weapon. You have to hold the rock up with the other hand first. So if he's using a two-handed weapon, why is he bringing his staff up? Unless the sling is on the staff. It was attached to the, which is, I guess, attached to the tip. Which shows two more impressive things for David. One, the accuracy of a staff sling is nowhere near as good as the accuracy of a hand sling. Wow. That's Um, fascinating. And two, that... David had that accuracy and just fucking nailed him in the middle of the head with with a with a rock. It's so walked good. up to him and was like, "Uh, yeah, I'm not even gonna bring combat equipment. I'm just gonna kill you from close up with this ranged weapon." It kind of reminds me of Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that's what it's basically like. Yeah, I mean, just imagine Goliath like raising up his shield and cocking up his sword and trying to fucking (laughs) charge at him. And he just takes his staff, raises it above his head and just cam there go down, just falls Goliath. That's great, man. Yeah. That's a really, that's a really fun story. I'm glad that you uh, were able to share that on this podcast because (laughs) that's, that's not common knowledge as far as I know. No, um, there's a lot of stuff in the Bible that's been mistranslated. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. Um, I, it's probably the topic. I enjoyed the I Bible, so I hope you cover this later on in another episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I cover it exciting. basically every episode. What I'm saying is uh, like every single episode I've brought up at oh, least yeah. some kind of mistranslation thing that's been changed over time. Um, there's even one where we don't know which is the correct description because priests were 
translating and retranslating and undoing retranslations back and forth for multiple iterations of the Bible between the Mesoratic texts and now. What what year would that be? Uh, that would have been from the 700s to the 1400s that these changes would have occurred. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm actually um, glad that we still have what we have today, even. Yeah, exactly. You have <laughs> to kind of back decipher some stuff. But... You really do. There's such a difference between King James and, and NIV, even. So. Yeah. Um, well, I, I try to avoid entire versions. Um, the one. Yeah, so what do you? I... So what do you do? How do you? Uh, the one I focus? stick to is the interlinear version. You can find it on Bible Hub. Um, I'll write that down too. Yeah, you're making me read. I like it. <laughs> read and watch <laughs> movies. Um, so the interlinear version of the Bible, it has not only the original text preserved in its original, you know, the oldest version of the text we have. Right. So whether it's the Mesoratic text or earlier, um, like it'll Greek, have Hebrew? the original, yeah, the original okay. Aramaic, Greek, or Hebrew. That's so it cool. retains the original grammar. That's very important. It includes the uh, part of speech of each word, as well as the direct translation. Mm. That's really fun. Yeah, that's that tends to be the the version of the Bible I read to inform myself of stuff. And in fact, some interpretations on it are clearly wrong. So I research even anything that it says on it. Like sometimes <laughs> it'll crazy. translate a word, and then you'll click on the word in Hebrew. And it'll be like, oh, this word actually means this in these other places. Like, why the hell did they use this word here then? So I wonder what you think of uh, Romans 13. Uh, Romans 13. Or Romans in is, general, actually. Well, Romans 12, too, actually supports the Christian anarchist mindset. Um, Romans 12, too, is when uh, it's being said that uh, use your intellect and think for yourselves and do not be conformed to the ways of this world when determining your moral values. And you must use your mind and determine for yourself what is right. Oh, that's great. I mean, the original law of the Torah was never meant to be like an end all be all text. It was supposed to be a moral guidance for the hard headed Israelite tribe. Right. Um, so when, when Jesus came to exact the new Testament and all this comes out, um, there, a lot of mistranslation happened because people d didn't catch on in our modern era that it's not as set out and strict for today as it was for the Israelites. We have more nuance. We know a little bit more about stuff now. I mean, Job was a medical text for people uh, who didn't know germ theory, in my opinion. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. They had um, It took a while for um, medicine. I read a book about medicine in the Crusades. And how the people that they were invading actually had better medical, a grasp on medical care than they yep, did. Exactly. And, and that's how they learned. The, I think the hospitaliers, I don't know how you say it, but the uh, uh, Knights Hospitalier. Yeah. So like the, the, the firefighters are based off of um, my dog's making a bed behind me. But um, <laughs> uh, the firefighters, they have the is it the Iron Cross or whenever they were all burned. Um, they someone used fire on them or something like that. Mm -hmm. There's a there's a thing back then where they. They had Greek a lot fire. of medical. They were. I think they they must have been using Greek fire or something like that, um, some sort of uh, olden times napalm uh, against these crusaders. And they had a lot of. Uh, they learned a lot of healing and like using honey and all this crazy antiseptic stuff um, mm -hmm. back then. And they had a lot of medical texts from the Middle East that were way ahead. Same from uh, China, uh, Japan, I guess. And then they were all in. I think libraries that got burned. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> so we, we, we keep moving forward and then backward. I think history is just a bunch of leaps forward <laughs> backwards, 90%, you know? You know, there's theories that uh, the Great Reset keeps happening. And it's not the Great Reset that we're thinking of, you know, in modern politics. It's like an actual Great Reset where the world technologically resets and the old world is lost and a new world comes. Oh, that's really creepy to think and about. That it, yeah, and that things like the pyramids are holdovers from those old worlds where technology got as high yeah. or almost as high as we've gotten now. And then we've lost all records. Yeah. Well, especially if you were if you were a culture that didn't have written records. Fucking Library of Alexandria, man. Uh, that that one bothers me so much. That's how you know time. you're a nerd. Yeah, it's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> I have a I have a book on uh, medieval wounding and wound repair. Mm -hmm. Um, 
it's all about they, they just dig up skeletons and how they were killed and um <laughs> so i i love history I, you can just give me a book on history i'll read it particularly the older stuff i guess i'm i'm more interested in when they had swords and you know close combat or arrows even uh, but i'll read anything civil war world war ii i just love it so i am a huge nerd as well so feel comfortable <laughs> <laughs> Um, so let's see here. What, what would you say is, uh, what is it about weakness to you that would make it the, a part of the nature of the antichrist? What, what would that be for you? What entails that for you? I think it's people who are weak are easily preyed on and they're easily led. So I think the weakest people among us are the ones that are, are followers and they're followers of evil. And uh, the Antichrist is is certainly a charismatic follower. So I feel like they're more likely to, if you're weak, I feel like in the mind, I feel like you're more likely to follow these people who offer you something that you don't have. Um, like nowadays, politics is a substitute for religion, I think you yes, could say. Absolutely. Um, it's kind of like the a basic... Between the mask and, and vax cult. And, and, it's, uh, it, it, and, and you know, Maga. it's funny. I already thought it was. And that like with Met with MAGA, et cetera. Um, but then it got way worse. And I was like, this is oh, insane. Yeah. This mask stuff is just, it's just batshit crazy. Um, my wife works in a, a lab doing blood testing and she has people who do COVID testing right next to her. Um, so she, she's part of this where she's like, I, I don't understand why everyone's masked up all the time. You know, people are lunatics and they get all, all freaked out. I've had physical, I've had almost physical confrontations with people over masks. And my wife's oh, like, just yeah. kick his ass, just shoot him. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's very angry. But um, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to fight an old man. I refuse. But you know, people will call you an asshole and run away and because you're not wearing a mask outside. And you're like, you're a weak person. You, you, don't, you don't have any control over your own emotions. And that's what weakness is, not being in control of yourself. Like you said earlier, you need to realize that you're the one that can control your own emotions. You can react to situations appropriately if you're strong enough. And you can build that strength. You don't have to um, just be naturally gifted, you know? Yeah. You don't have to let let, you, let it fall by the wayside. Yeah. So I, I think that weakness is is just, it's kind of inherent in, in any human culture. But um, it's prevalent more so in politics and politics as religion. And people are, who are weak are followers. Um, I don't really, I find a few weak people in our, in our um, liberty community. But... Yeah. I would say I would say few, I would say fewer than in a like a Democrat community or a Republican community. I see people as led by fear all the time. The people, I, yeah, Republicans are as led by fear as Democrats are. Um, I went to a GOP event because it was sponsored by my by my company, and everyone there was talking about immigration. Mind you, I live in Pennsylvania. We do not have an immigration problem. <laughs> <clears throat> they were talking about nine eleven. We don't have a terrorist problem. Uh, you know, we don't have any of these things that these people were worried about, but you should have heard the O's and ah's and <gasps> when someone mentioned immigration. And I was like, you don't even know who these people are <laughs> that are coming over here or why they're coming. All of your parents were immigrants. And it's just, it's just insane to me. They're all led by fear, which is weakness. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing about fear is that that fear is a, is a sort of ultimate controlling factor in these moments. It's it's got this this grip on these people that makes them it makes them Ir irrational. I don't know. Irrational is a good word. Um, in okay, I, I don't know how much you are into psychology. I love psychology. I have a I have a certification in drug and alcohol counseling. Okay. Um, have you read Philip Tetlock's book, Expert Political Judgment? No, that's another one I got to read now. He he talks about a <laughs> metric called uh, God. What's it called again? Um, integrative complexity and basically it's the degree to which you are capable of understanding and viewing how other people's points of view could be seen as valid and not necessarily immoral right so i'm looking at it here it says that how experts are not always they're often no better at making predictions than regular people which you can exactly. see throughout the which I, you can see that all the time if you have any little little bit of knowledge Exactly. It's a wonderful book. I'm t Philip Tetlock. I don't necessarily agree with him on everything, but sure. I mean, he makes gotta, some really great take, points. You got to take what you can. And, he gets and I, some good stats. Sorry, go on. I, I was going to say that I, I don't. I don't want to 
say that fear is necessarily a bad thing. I always feel fear. I felt fear before I competed. I felt nervous. I don't like confrontation necessarily, though I thrive in it. I, I always feel fear. Um, it's, I think feeling fear is not the problem. It's, it's dealing with fear, right? It, yes. It's how you handle it. If you let it control you, that's weakness. If you take your fear, which everyone will always have, unless you're a psychopath, um, <laughs> you know, just if you can deal with it, that's what makes you strong. Um, and I think that's like we said earlier, it's some of the hardest parts in the world is to, is to get over your fear of looking bad in front of your girlfriend or, you know, letting this guy get the better of you and, and making him realizing that the best situation is to make this guy feel like he's won the fight. And that's hard, you know, because you're afraid of, of what he would think of you. And, and that's like caring about what other people think about you. You shouldn't care what other people think unless it's people that you love and respect, you know? Yeah, nobody else's opinion really matters. No, they're just strangers on the street. <laughs> so, you know, you don't want to get your head bashed in by a by a trash can. So Fucking nosy Nellies and Karens. Yeah, that's, that's another problem, too. Thinking that everything, you know, is your problem. or yeah, Everything involves your business. Yeah, it's it's a mess. Guess what, Karen? Nothing involves your fucking business, nosy no. bitch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. Um... Yeah, I've been uh, trying to get some of my fight gear up myself, but I have been um, in the middle of moving. Speaking of uh, bad places to live, I'm personally leaving. I'm in Washington right now, but I'm actually which, which Washington? Uh, the green one. Okay, that's good. It's better than the other one. <laughs> yeah, it's it's better than the the, the horrible one yes. over on the east coast there. <laughs> um. So yeah, I live in rural Washington. Um. I mean, it's not too bad for the most part. It's it's rural enough that uh, that uh, I don't have to worry about mask Karens. I've even good. stopped wearing my mask at work, and nobody has said a goddamn thing. But um, I have gone out of my county into other parts of Washington and have absolutely received mask sass. Mask sass. That's a good one. <laughs> very annoying. Um, very immature, these people their obsession with controlling other people um now have you so, had a, now you have you had a specific experience where you were yelled at like by a person and you had to deal with it um i've only had one person say anything to me and it wasn't masks it was social distancing oh really okay, uh, i was well. walking in a walmart this guy was in front of me pushing his cart he stops to take a right turn and after he takes his right turn he turns back to me and says six feet asshole and i just laughed what the fuck else am i supposed to do take him seriously so i just laughed and he said don't laugh at me and i laughed harder and kept walking that's that's all you can do it's like these i'm not gonna show any walmart associate my receipt at the door i just keep walking if they ask for my receipt i say no thank you wave have a nice day if they chase me down i say there's no law saying i have to stop and show you my uh my receipt or any walmart uh policy so please go back inside until you're you're chased by the guy with the outfit (laughs) (laughs) well he usually knows i'm right and you know at least at walmart there's usually a uh a loss prevention team yeah they usually know that you know you don't do that. You don't chase right. down people for their fucking receipts. But I mean, the the main thing to do is not stick around afterwards. Well, yeah, <laughs> you I mean, don't, don't if rub you're it following in their face, the law, yeah. well, it's not. But it's not even rubbing it in their face. It's more like if you know the law and you're already following the law, you don't have to stop and wait for the police to come around and and like talk to you and be like yeah. whatever. You can just fucking walk off and have the cops tell them they're wrong later. I've had it. I've seen it done with a fucking guy in, in a guitar center he left without showing his receipt at the door and they fucking he stuck around while the cops came he and just invited he it fucking spent 45 minutes of his life just standing there listening to the cops tell this lady yeah no no yeah but he didn't like steal anything did he no no not that we know of but he didn't show his receipt so we don't know like, yeah but like sir did you steal anything oh no i didn't fucking dumb there are the much better is... things he could do with his time. Yeah. Why the fuck would you stick around? So it's another part of, of choosing your fights is knowing when to walk away. Just like you said before. Yeah. I think it's important, but it's certainly not talked about very often. No, it's not. Um, 
people, I mean, it's in, like I said before, it's in Sun Tzu's Art of War. Um, knowing when to fight and when not to fight is very, pretty, pretty crucial to uh, making sure that you don't get shot or accidentally shoot somebody who doesn't deserve it or, uh, you know, something worse. Get into a fight that gets you killed. Right. Yeah. So um, we are about 10 minutes away from finishing off here um, with your company. Was there any projects you're working on or anything specific you wanted to focus on? We, we actually mentioned that earlier, the uh, the training that I talked about and getting, mm-hmm. um, you know, hopefully uh, continuing and getting uh, the, the PDFs up with the where you're supposed to put the certain medical gear where, you know, just basic first aid stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's in the future. I'm. I already have four hot sauces, so I don't think I'm going to do any more until they all sell <laughs> out. So <laughs> um, they're they're very good, but I can't. I, I'm not very creative when it comes to uh, recipes, so I think I'm kind of tapped out for now. Maybe a barbecue sauce in the future, mm-hmm. but uh, as of right now, that's it. I think I'm probably going to. Oh gosh, I might look into doing Glock's uh, Glock parts next. Ooh, um, yeah, I need some rails myself. Yeah, the rails are big. Uh, there's that one company that does rails, uh, like I mean, maybe two spooky rails, and then who's the other one? Um, it's hard. I don't have a machine shop, um, so I, I would have to buy wholesale from somebody. Um, oh, yeah. So you know, as of right now, I'm just a reseller. I've got gloves, eye protection, ear protection, just the basic stuff that I know works because I've used it. Um, so I want people to to feel comfortable using those things too, and actually getting out and training. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, right now I'm sitting on a few frames myself, some uh, nice. Block 19 frames. There you go. Um, I have the slide and the barrel and nothing else. So I need <laughs> it's a good start. Literally, <laughs> literally everything else. Yeah, the Glock lower parts kits is, is on my on my list to buy. Um, and I also want to get more Magpul stuff because I like Magpul. Um, oh, yeah. They're just really reliable. Yes, uh, absolutely. It, as you know, the supply chain is very messed up. Um, mm-hmm. So... I, but I still have uh, buffer buffer tubes, uh, uppers. I've got bolt carrier groups, lower parts kits uh, right now. So I have enough to, to arm a small army of people who want to to build their you know own rifles at home right now. So nice. yeah, well, I, I, think, um, I think that's if, about it for me. I, if I, you I want my suggestion, else. you should I, add some HEMA gear to your store. You think so? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm in contact with the the guys at Black Fencer. I. I'm a, a, a black fencer purist because I've gotten a lot of people into this because of the, um, the relative inexpensiveness you could say of a, of a black fencer gear because it's plastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, well, it's nylon. Um, it, it's easier for people to get into it and you have to, you can wear less protection. You can wear yeah. a baseball protector uh, because you know, or, you know, like a, and you just need the regular helmet and gloves. Yeah. So it's not as bad. Um, I have the uh, Rawlings Synthetic Sparring Sword series. Yeah, so you understand. You know what it's yeah. like. Uh, it's it's an easier uh, entry. I, I would like to have. I would I would really love to have that stuff. It's just there's only one guy who is the uh, distributor right now, and he's on the West Coast South Coast Swords. So, oh. um, I think they're called SoCal now. Um, they're having di- distribution issues right now. So, I'm looking oh, into no. maybe being a distributor. It's just. Uh, the problem is advertising. It is very hard to tell people that you have stuff. I'm doing a giveaway right now. So if mm-hmm. people like um, until October 1st. And so if people um, like retweet my stuff or follow my pages or like my Facebook, they, they can be entered to win uh, like a free scope, um, hot sauce patches. I got a ton of stuff. So yeah, the scope is another thing I need. I need to get myself like a scope or an LPVO or something. I, I love LPVOs because I have an astigmatism. Mm-hmm. And um, so red dots are not really my thing. And if I'm going to be shooting at night when I don't have my contact in, um, I, I like having just the black bars to focus on as opposed to a big red light that kind of, you know, spirals out everywhere. Um, yeah. I also I also use them in competitions before um, with three gun, like just, mm-hmm. just doing regular three gun charity events, stuff like that. You need the you need to really uh, crank that thing to go up to four or six to reach out pretty far. For the, for the longer shots, um, I just I just really love them because they can act like a red dot or they can act like a um, you know a powered scope. So yeah, uh, I've been wanting either an LPVO or a hollow sight. One of the two. I don't have a stick. Ooh, hollow! Look at you. Yeah. Well, I <laughs> I've been messing with red with red dots, and I don't know. I I, I have a slow focus. My, okay. My, yeah. I don't I don't focus super quickly. Like my eye, eyes don't focus super fast. So 
uh, it takes me a bit to go from you know target dot target dot fire interesting okay yeah um, then then a hollow might be better for you i don't know I, I don't have much experience with them i have way more with actual um like etched uh, reticles mm-hmm. prisms or something. yes sir yeah prisms are nice prisms are nice nice optics yeah, I like anything that I can use that doesn't need a battery. <laughs> I've lasers all over the place, so I'd rather just you know also have a, <laughs> or just a regular scope. One of the uh, projects I've been working on is I wanted to uh, make my own uh, my own extra like replacement switch for the back of a uh, flashlight. Okay. Turn any flashlight you want into a firearm optic or into into a firearm light. How so? How, how, I want to hear this. This is well, really interesting. All you need is Picatinny to clamp for sure, the flashlight. And then all you have to do is have the back clicker replaced with something else. Um, so you take whatever the back clicker is. Norm- the, the problem is it does have to be the right type of flashlight because you sure. don't want it to be one of those stupid multi-mode ones. It's going to go into strobe mode. Strobe right away, mode. right. Yeah. Give the person who all the Chinese Amazon ones. Identify a, yeah, exactly. You a seizure? Person, Sorry, I stepped yeah, in your joke. Seizure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I have those. I have those stupid lights for just like walking the dog or whatever. Yeah, um, exactly. Because I, I, I sell Streamlight at my store. Um, I have to I actually have to stock more TLR sevens, but um, I sell like the the Protac ones that you put on rifles mm-hmm. uh, with the the handheld activator, so you can put it on your rail. So that's um, the part that I want to to tell people how to make. Yeah, so I think do you could do that. Relearn how to wire the back part. All you sure. have to do is relearn how to wire the switch, and instead of you, you just three D print out a pressure plate, and you put a Cherry MX switch under it. They're extremely abundant, cheap, available to buy a pack of te- what ten for ten bucks yeah. online. And they're normally keyboard switches. They're relatively low profile. They're simple two post switches. And that's all you need. That's great. That's a really smart idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also been playing with uh, making USB-C rechargeable battery <laughs> as the attachment. That's I'm very smart. I'm tired of either micro USB or fucking non-rechargeable batteries. It's so fucking annoying. Yeah, you've got to keep throwing them out. I, exactly. I, I keep replacing all my stream lights because they just go through them so quickly. And it's annoying to have to buy like a new pack. Ag 32 or... battery. Like, I'm using a, a... What is it? What brand is this? It's a... Sightmark, cheap little forty dollar thing. Hey, Sightmark, yeah. They're a classic. <laughs> I know their stuff. Yeah, they are. Babby's first AR scope or AR uh, red dot, right? Actually, yeah, they are. They're actually not as bad as like some of the other ones. <laughs> yeah, they don't go off zero. That's all I care about. No, they they hold zero pretty well. But yeah, I know what you're <laughs> uh, They actually, it's funny. They're um, I I use one of their laser um, oh shoot, what's it called? Like uh, like bore sighting when I don't want to mm-hmm. take the the bore out myself or look look through the bore myself. Yes. One of their, their laser bore sight was, has been surprisingly accurate to a hundred yards. So I'm just like, hey, whatever works, man. I mean, hey, it also saves you ammo to use a bore sighter instead. Yes, because I'm now I'm only firing three shots as opposed to uh, upwards of forty. Now you know what yeah. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. exactly. Where is it? Where am I hitting? Yeah. All right. Well, Greg, thank you very much for hopping on the I Hate the Antichrist podcast. Thank um, you for having me. I hate the Antichrist as well. <laughs> it's been wonderful to have you on. Um, so we're here to avoid weakness. Um, we are here to let the world know that being weak is not the way to be. It is uh, part of the body of the Antichrist. It is a mindset of the Antichrist and that it is not going to do you any favors. It is not going to make you stronger with God to be a weakling who doesn't know how to fight. This is a dig at Jehovah's Witnesses specifically this entire episode, by the way. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) All you Quakers. (laughs) Um, Yeah, learn how to fight people. Um, As uh, as Garantham would say, get trained. Stay in shape. Uh, if you don't look cool, uh, the best way to look cool is to get trained. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, thank you very much, Greg. So, again, just one last thing. What were your new projects, and where can our people find you? So I'm at uh, Neophyte Gear at every, pretty much every spot, Instagram, uh, Fedbook, uh, Twitter. If you want to see me argue with a, a bunch of internet autists, please go to twitter.com uh, <laughs> slash neophytegear. It's N-E-O-F-I-G-H-T-G-E-A-R. So that's neophytegear.com. I got a lot of hot sauces if you're not interested in buying uppers or anything like that. Uh, I have accessories, flashlights. Uh, I've got some magazines in stock right now. Uh, we're going to get ammo in hopefully soon. 
Uh, it's just, uh, you know, it's all backed up. So I appreciate any support. I got a lot of funny patches as well. A lot of, you know, jokes, uh, meme patches, uh, 69 percenter. I just want to be left alone. The, the, the Dylan handshake from Predator, I got it all. So, All right. Awesome. Thank you very much, Greg. And again, everyone, uh, my name is Awe. You can uh, find me on Twitter at O-E-U-I dot live or um, on my website, uh, O-E-U-I dot live. Uh, you can also listen to the I Hate the Antichrist podcast on any of your favorite platforms. And again, people, we are moving to Montana. So if you'd like to support the podcast in any way, there will be a GoFundMe link in the description. There's a GoFundMe link on our website. You can also donate on cash tag at dollar sign A-O-E-U-I. Um, so if you would like to help us move to Montana, a much more free state, um, please feel free to support us. Um, thank you all for tuning in and have a wonderful day. And uh, finally, for the crimes, the sins of causing weakness, causing extra violence that it purports to stop, and for pretending to be better for the people while harming them, I declare that weakness is part of the body of the Antichrist. Thank you all very much for tuning in. Have a wonderful day.